welcome to this very special bonus episode of the Irish in Sweden podcast. My name is Philip O'Connor and the reason for this bonus episode is because you Gordon's EF are taking on Shamrock Rovers here in Stockholm in the Europa Conference League in a few days time. So we thought we'd get a few of the Irish football heads in the country together to talk about it. Um, the reason I wanted to do this is because I know Graham Merrigan is coming over and Buzz O'Neill is coming over and Con Murphy will be knocking around somewhere. No, a lot of great Shamrock Rovers fans. Uh, this podcast comes out on the Arrowman and Stockholm podcast feed, where you'll also find the Global Gale podcast. And if you like this one, you might suggest that one to the Irish people that you know around the world. The idea is to bring you the stories of the Irish community around the world, sometimes those here in Sweden as well. Um, Zach Elbuzadi once played for Waterford United in the League of Ireland, is now over here playing for AIK. Kevin's father, uh, Pat Walker, once played for Bohemians. But uh, don't hold that against them, lads, because between the two of them, they've had a tremendous amount of insight into you uh, Gordon against them, playing for them or playing against them. So we'll share that with you now. And we're very much looking forward to Shamrock Rovers and the supporters getting over here. And indeed, the local Irish community coming out as well to go to the game on Thursday night. So here you go. This is your little bonus episode of the Irish in Sweden podcast to do with Shamrock Rovers and you, Gordon Zief. Across the table for me is Zach Elbuzadi, who cutting it up the wing there for AIK. And former U Gordon player Kevin Walker, who's also played for AIK. We're going to have a little bit of a chat about it. Boo, says Zach here. Uh, a little bit of a chat about uh, Shamrock Rovers coming over and playing against U Gordon. Kev, we'll start with you, right? Because you played 134 games, if I remember rightly. You scored 14 goals and won the league with U Gordon. What kind of a club are they, would you say? Well... They're twin clubs with AIK. They were both founded in the same year. And, like, you know, I, I would say the difference between the two clubs is AIK has more of a us against the others mentality, whilst Hugh Gordon is, tries to be more of the family club and, and build more like that. Uh, I would, like, other than that, they're very similar in, in great audiences and support. And, uh, you know, they're. They're two massive Swedish clubs. You played for both clubs, of course. You had a little spell at AIK when you were a bit younger and you were out in Vespa United and that kind of thing. And then you did the forbidden. You did a Luis Figo there when you were a little bit younger and you went from AIK to Sundsvall and and then to you, Gordon. That really didn't go down well in the eyes of the supporters, did it? Uh, no, it stuck in the, in the minds of a few of them. But, like, you know, I needed to make the move that was best for my career. And... Mm. The, the the sporting director of Ugorn phoned me up. I was doing well in in Sunswell at the time, and I needed next the next challenge for my career, and that was to come back to Stockholm, but uh, to play for different colours. And you know, I, I had a great spell there for six years, and you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. But you know, it's it, it's all it's always not nice to make people not like you, but you have to as a footballer put yourself first. Because there's no loyalty, really. No. You'd love to be a Ryan Giggs and play for the same club all your life, but the the fact of the matter is that I don't know if that's possible in the modern football to have it like that Hmm. anymore. So, I mean, we we get a lot of stick for the players, probably, if you make a move like that. But, you know, for me, it was all about proving to, to to my new club that, 
you know, I was there to to do well for them, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I managed to do that. So, you know, it's it's not easy, but you have to make the tough decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a tough decision. Worked out for you. You won the Swedish Cup in 2018. You won the league then a year later and did very well. I think Zach is probably afraid of his life if, of me asking him now would he ever play for you, Gordon. So we'll park that question. Zach, <laughs> <laughs> no chance. You've played against them a few times over your season and a half here in. Um, in Sweden, what's it like playing at their place, right? Because Friends Arena is different, you know, 50,000, it could be 40,000 there, but they play on a plastic pitch uh, in the Tele 2 Arena. What was it like the first time you played against them? Um, yeah, it's difficult, I think. Obviously, a few teams over here, they have the, the plastic surface, but I think everyone that plays at Tele 2 with Tele, it's a different kind of plastic. It's yeah. uh, it's very fast, and I think for the team in possession, it's good because you can you can move the ball quick and you can get the, the team that you're playing against moving but for the team out of possession it's a nightmare it's so hard to press you know mm. you have to when you're playing on grass and friends are in you can really go at someone and, and try to win the ball back but at, at Teletu you have to change your, your mindset a little bit you have to slow down a bit quicker because once you make that decision on the on the surface it's it's very hard to, to change direction so mm. it's something that you have to you have to yeah take into account before you're playing because it's, it's very fast what was the atmosphere like? Because you remember you said to me that you'd never seen an atmosphere like it really than when you played there the first time in the derby. And you yeah. won that game. I think. Yeah, obviously, I think um, I think that was my fourth game for, for the club. Um, and obviously it was COVID, so there was, I think there was any, there was 9,000 new Gordon supporters, but we weren't allowed to bring any of ourselves. Mm. Um, so it was like 9,000 against 30 of our, our squad. And that's the way we sort of looked at it. That was our mentality. It was... It was a close knit group, and it was us against them. And and like you said, I think at the time they were on, they were on a big run. They were first on the table, and we were fifth or sixth. So they were favourites coming into it. Everything was it was sort of stacked in their favour, mm. um, and we ended up winning four one, and and that sort of turned our season around. But like you said, it was uh, it was something I'd, I'd never experienced before because like you had Seb taking corners and they're they're throwing drinks at them, they're spitting at them, everything, and it's never something that I've never seen and in fairness seeing the way he he deals with that and and how he could thrive off that was it was something that i learned from you've had a few dust-ups with uh, sebastian larson in central midfield there kevin um one of the things i wanted to ask you kev was that you've played for kim and tolly the current trainers of the ugordan team they were there when you won the league they were there when you left the club what's their sort of football philosophy do they want to play the ball on the ground or do they just want to go out there and knock the shit out of people no, they're they're very very good coaches. I mean, they 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 coach the team to be like not pattern orientated, but more principle orientated. So you you have uh, you know different tools in the toolbox, obviously. But I mean, they're like a big switch. They like to keep the the pressure on the opponents. They they like to the coach their team like uh, in a model sort of similar to what Klopp has done. Mm. With the four three three at at Liverpool, I, we looked at a lot of clips of Liverpool going into their first preseason. Uh, you know, on the way they were would win the ball and try to come out diagonally with it in the fast counter attacks and stuff like that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, inspiration from Klopp, I would say, and their managing mm. sort of style. And um, what Zach was saying there about pressing at the telly too being quite special, I know the kind of clock football, this gig and pressing thing that you're talking about. Did you sort of were you aware of that? Was it more difficult for you because you're playing half those games at home? Did you find it difficult to press, or how did you change those things so that the pressing would be effective and you could win the ball high up the field? 
I think he was experimenting with like the midfield. Obviously, when I was there, we played with two holding sixes. We started off playing. This is like 2019, early, mm. early stages. Like you know, we're playing one six, and you know the balance was off because you weren't able to 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 deal with a a direct ball, and then if a striker held it up and he and he travelled with it inside, it was pretty open in midfield because mm. everybody was. You know, exposed in that sense that you'd gone on up pressing higher up in the pitch. But you know, I think they've got it right most of the times now. It's a very difficult place to come for opponents to come to tell it to. And, you know, when they get it right and this sort of suffocate you with, with their pressing, I think that's their probably probably their best attribute as a team at the moment. And you know, they're doing it very well. And I think also they've, they've you know they're doing well in Europe now. But I mean. That was our way of dealing with it. Was trying to do it, but compensating a little bit by having two holding midfielders at, at that time when the team I played with. It played a bit differently nowadays. Zach, you were there very recently. Got another very good result there at all. I know how much you love to win a derby game. Uh, Henok Goitom, who's known to both yourself and Kevin, the coach of AIK now. How, how did he set you up to go out there and beat you, Gordon? What principles would he say, look, this is what you have to do? And is that something that Shamrock Rover should be looking at doing? Yeah, I think, um, like like Kevin said, they're a team based off principles. They don't have a lot of, of patterns and they, they like the big switch of play. But you can see that they have some stuff that's embedded into them. Like, for example, if they make the big switch of play, they very rarely make underlapping runs. They'll make very ov- obvious overlapping runs. So it was about tracking them as, as a winger. It was about tracking their fullback who's making the overlapping runs. Um, and then when they when you do win the ball, they're very open for a counter-attack. Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of that game, they maybe had more possession than us, but as soon as we won the ball, it's very open. And, mm. and like I said, with, with in Teletoy, you can play very fast. Um, so, yeah, it's about... Obviously, they have good players who can keep the ball, so it's about so, sometimes soaking up that pressure, and and then when you do win it, they you can you can counter attack very quickly. Am I right in saying that you'd scored the week before against Helsingborg, the first game of the season, and you got an almost identical chance then in the derby? Now, I I know this one went a little bit wide, right? What's it like in that situation where you're pretty much one on one with their keeper and you're sort of tearing away there, and you have this, you know, this time there was maybe thirty thousand people there. What's what's it like playing in that atmosphere? To be honest, like before, it probably would have would have got to me a bit. But as I said before, I started speaking to to a, psychi- a psychologist more, and yeah. now my mindset is just to focus on myself, um, not to worry about outside influences or that sort of thing I'm the only one that can affect it so as you said the week before I got the chance against Helsingborg and before it might have been like what happens if I miss this or mm. or if I miss this it's going to be terrible but my mindset was I'm going to score mm. um, and it was the same in the in the U Gordon game obviously I missed the chance but my mindset was 100% confident that I'm going to score it's not, I wasn't worrying about what the supporters are going to think or there's 30,000 people screaming at me or anything like that so I think it's different mentalities for different people, but I've I've tried to change my mindset lately, and 
it's it's working. Kevin, your mindset has always stuck out to me as being somebody. I remember your dad telling you not to be Didier Deschamps, don't be the water carrier in this team, and you <laughs> fucked him out of it for doing that. He won't thank me for bringing it up here. But of the players in the Hugh Gordon team now, because a lot of those fellas that you played with when you won the league would have been like that. The striker Victor Edvardsson is somebody that Rovers fans will have seen. Who else, you know, would you sort of pick out in the current Hugh Gordon team? Really, sort of embodies the spirit of the club and the way that they play football. Well, uh, I mean, you have a few of them that play regularly or almost every game. I, I would say, like, you know, obviously Magnus is, has done a really good job since he came back and the captain of the, the club. And, and, you know, you have Marcus Donjason who's had, who's had a few months or a, a couple of years with a tough time out in China where he was isolated and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's he's a very grounded human being like so he you know he's he's starting to hit a bit of form again and and uh you know he's a very 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 good center back and played with him a good number of years i would say at them too but all, but above all like harris is you know he's always available he's he's a good professional he's he seems to be you know the most supple <laughs> football player i've ever played with like you know he hardly ever stretches or anything but he's He's very flexible and he, he has... Uh, apart he has, from his knees, he has a strength. Which are, which are oh, yeah, he had, a, he, had a tough, he had a tough period with them, but, I mean, his, his physical side of it has brought him onto the... Like, you know, he can play until he's... I don't know how old he is he now, 36 or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, he's very important for them, I would say. Uh, Zach, when you go out to play against them, you see them lining up on the other side. Is there fellas there that really get under your skin? Is there a fella you wouldn't mind kicking lumps out of in that team, or is there fellas that really impress you in the team that you that Rovers fans should look out for? Well, to be honest, I've never been an emotional footballer, so there's no one that that really pisses me off or anyone that I want to I want to kick. It's just trying to beat them, and and that's the main thing. But does that upset your coaches? Because it doesn't take much to get Kevin Walker to kick a fella. I can say that to us. No, like it's not like it's not. <laughs> Obviously, I want to go out to win, and I go out every game to win. But I, I wouldn't have anything personal against anyone like that. Um, but if a, if a challenge comes in, I'm not going to back out of it just because it's it's someone like that. But yeah. like um, you asked, if there's players that impress, but we always, whenever I've played you, Gordon, we, there's always two or three players that you you focus on to to stop them playing because they're they're very important for the team. Like yeah. I know Kevin said, Ericsson, um Advars and Radatinjic they're like big players for them so we know if we can if we can stop them then it stops a lot of what they're good at as a team because they're they're like the heartbeat of the team and they get the team playing in, in the way that they want to play so yeah I think if if Rovers are, are going out they, that would be two or three players that they're looking at Ericsson's the one that, that gets them playing and Advars and when, when he's on song and when he's like aggressive and and running at people, that's when he's at the at his best. So they would be the main ones that I'd be looking at for those rovers. Mm. Kevin, the, the Al's fans kind of football and the Al's fans kind of has changed an awful lot in the time since I called you up as a teenager and we were trying to get Jason Bourne, get your dad to sign Jason Bourne <laughs> for our bro. Um, yeah. how, how much would a team like you go and look at Shamrock Rovers now? They played them once, so they have that video. Would would they look at a lot of their games or would they look at that team and go, look, we don't really care. We're going to go out and do what we do anyway and it's up to them then to sort of deal with us. No, well, I, I remember some of the match on the last 
athletics like you know with Kim and Tolle there it was it's very short and sweet these are the like areas we focus on and you know they're it's it's not about you know they've, they've immense respect for the opponents all the time but it, it, it sometimes it's over analyzing stuff and like you go away from what we want to play we go back to the, the principle thing they want to play within their principles no matter what the so and then they can adjust it, of course, like you know, tactically uh, tweak it a bit. But I think they're pretty solid in their way of approaching that. So they'll be going in with a good respect and and like a bit of confidence, probably from from the running form, obviously in Europe and hmm. and looking forward to the game. But I don't think they'll be undermining, you know, this game at all. Hmm. Um, but just will you be up in Stockholm for it next week, Kevin? No, or you'll be busy with other bro down there in, in in your new or your new old hometown where you grew up. Where you grew up? Yeah, no, I'd probably be busy on my own corner, but I'll watch the match on if United are not playing. <laughs> <laughs> United goes before everything in the walk. I heard. Man, United it goes before everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same with Zach Elbazadi. I was I was trying to get. Well, oh, we were watching the UFC, and I was texting you the other mm. night, and you're going, "Oh no, no, United are still playing. So don't be bothered." Really. Yeah, I know, but it's yeah. a terrible game, so I might as well have turned it off. <laughs> how has it been, Kevin, since you moved back to Otterbro now? Because you went back to be with your hometown team after you left. You won the league with you, Gordon, and then you were told, okay, you know, the door is open if you want to leave, and you move back mm. home again. I know you suffered relegation there, and you haven't had the best of season there, but are you still enjoying your football down there, Kev? I enjoy football to bits, but, like, you know, I've had a few niggly injuries. They're holding me back, and now I've had a hamstring problem. Like, you know, it's been... It's been a bit of a, a tough like summer autumn here for me personally, and the, the team hasn't been performing that well either. So it's been tough, but the love for football is is still as strong as ever. Like you know, I love playing football. So mm-hmm. you know, I've got another year to run on my contract, and hopefully, you know, I I'm, I'm back in training with the team, and we have two really important games now to to just uh, you know see this season through, and and then we. Uh, then we take it from there and I'm going to build myself up for the next season. Mm. Of course, one person who's not on this call and we probably should have had him on there is your brother Robert and he had a fairly serious knee injury, you know, the two you played together, the other bro. Mm. Uh, it, I mean, I know the, the strong bond between the two of you. Is it good to have Robert so close, or, or, you know, to, to you now again? He's in your life pretty much every day, I would hope, at this stage, is he? Yeah, he's also a businessman, so he's... I know, he's a, he made more money so than the first flying, year of football. Uh, he's flying with his companies there, so he's, uh, you know, he's uh, he's not as available as, as you would think. <laughs> Plus, I have two kids and trying to get my music, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing music on the side as well, so, you know, it is what it is. So will you be <laughs> off on your Christmas tour now as soon as the, uh, the, the, the season is over? Probably, if 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 you book me up somewhere, I'll go. Look, well, I was just going to say myself and Zach, if you're looking for two bearded backup dancers, the two of us will be there in the shot. Can we clean out? Exactly. Yeah, no, we can't sing for shit. Neither of us like it. You know, we can't dance for shit either. Exactly. I know you're you're with your family there, Kevin. So I'm going to let you go. Okay, uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. I've got to keep Zach on for a little while, but for now, Kevin Walker, thanks so much for talking to us. All the best. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck. 
Now, before we go any further with this conversation with the great Zach Elbuzadi and how his season has gone, I want to recommend two places to you, right? One is Veerstrom's Pub in Gamla Stan in the old town here in Stockholm. Go down there. Martin Hessian is the owner. Tell him you are sent there by Philip O'Connor and the Irish in Sweden podcast, and they look after you down there. It's basically the best Irish bar in Stockholm, despite the name. Loads of different beers on tap. Uh, great little snugs and little nooks and crannies all over the place. And Martin has sponsored the Irish in Sweden podcast since the very beginning beginning really really generous man and the other thing is that Veerstrom's is on the green line right so the Gamla Stone T-Banner station the underground station is only a stone's throw away and that will get you over to the Telly 2 arena in no time so it's a great place for match day get down there around about lunchtime and it'll be open until the evening and Martin will look after you and if you're looking for a bite to eat you can try their fish and chips they've loads of great food there and that kind of thing as well and uh, also the lads at Texas Longhorn in Gamla Stone just around the corner if you're looking for something a little bit different uh, a lot of different steaks and that kind of thing going on there as well and they said that they would do some sort of a deal for Rovers fans so keep an eye on my social media on the Irish and Sweden podcast Instagram page and at Philip Ablana on Twitter and as soon as I've talked to Tony and the boys and girls there uh, I'll let you know exactly what they have on offer for you back to Zach Elbuzadi and what Shamrock Rovers can expect and what League of Ireland players can expect if they come to Stockholm and decide to make their careers here like he has. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about that you brought up there was this thing of going to see a sports psychologist this year and I think it's kind of important that you know that we as men talk about these things. Right? Why did you decide to talk to somebody? Just like um, like I've, I've said before when last season went, went brilliantly and it couldn't have went any better for me apart from obviously we lost the league on, on goal difference Um but personally, I couldn't. I couldn't have went any better for me. Like I came over and hit the ground running, got in the team straight away, and I was playing well. Um, and then when I came back, I probably put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, I had on my head that I wanted to come back and I wanted to be one of, if not the best player in the league. And and that's a lot of pressure to put on myself. I think it's it's good to have that ambition. But then when preseason didn't start off that well and. I had a few games where I didn't play well, then it, it feels like that's very, very far and very out of reach. Mm. Um, and then it's it sort of spirals like that. And I got down on myself and I lost a lot of confidence. And and that's probably why my performance dipped again. And it's been like a, an up and down season in, term, in terms of my performances. And that's probably because I lost confidence. And like I said, I got I got allowed myself to get down on myself. Um, and then... I'd say around summertime I was I was like properly low and, and feeling feeling bad and like I said just had no confidence and I wasn't enjoying football. Um and I was my my family could could see that from speaking to me. I was I was very quiet and they didn't really know what was wrong. They actually thought that something went on in, in Stockholm or something went on in the club or like they actually thought I'd been attacked or something like that that that's how that's how low I was but it was just like I said I just wasn't enjoying myself and had a good good talk with them and and I used to bottle things up and not really speak about it which was probably worse for them because they didn't know what was going on and then we had a good chat and and everything sort of came out and for the first time I let them know like that I wasn't enjoying football or liking football and and then it was just a conversation of how do we try to come through this and how do we get through this um and then I I don't know who I think my mom said is there anyone you can speak to and I said there's someone from the club 
well he, he was in the club but then he'd left that that I felt like I could I could probably speak to so I got in touch with him and then that's how it happened and like I said I've had two or three like good sessions with him and my mentality has just just changed and I feel a lot better in myself I feel like I'm enjoying my football and you can probably see from my performances the last month or two that I'm I'm getting back to myself and back to to enjoying it again was it a relief both for your family and yourself when this came out in the open and you went yeah it's not going that great like I'm I'm not where I want to be and was it a relief to sort of say that to them and to be able to speak to this person that you're speaking yeah like um I think on the phone I used to always say I'm grand I'm grand and Mm. I used to say like nothing's affecting me but then it's only when you actually speak about it and you feel the weight come off your shoulders that you actually feel like yeah this has been affecting me and this is one of the reasons why my performances haven't been good and why I haven't been been happy playing football or anything like that. Um, so yeah, speaking about it definitely definitely helped. And like I said, as soon as I spoke about it, I just I felt better in myself. Um, thankfully, that's all turned around now. That goal against Helsing Boy was a great moment. I met yourself and your brother the day after that, and you just seemed like a sort of a new man. Uh, this season, uh, there's what two league games left. I think there's Mielby and then there's Elsborough, and that's it for this season. Have you started looking forward to next season already? Is this something that you you feel you can bring with you that you've grown this season? Yeah, it's uh, like I said. Obviously, I feel like the last month or two, my performances have been back, to, not not fully back to what I was last season, but getting back there, and I think people can see on on the pitch like the previous when I wasn't feeling good, I was playing very safe and mm. I wasn't challenging people and. I was thinking too much about maybe if I lose the ball, the supporters in the stand aren't gonna like me or anything like that. But I think the last the last month or two, I'm just get back to challenging people and not that I don't care what the supporters think. But I'm if I lose the ball, I lose the ball, um, mm. and I'm more like secure in myself in that way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I just want to finish the season strong, keep going, and then like you said get back for next season and, and hopefully do well um, but yeah it's definitely something it's not It's I've had like tough moments in my career but this is probably the first time where I've like like I said not being happy playing football or not enjoying it so it's definitely something that that I can learn from and, and take forward and not not allow myself to get in that position again if if things start going bad again I'm, I'm better equipped to deal with, with that because that's one of those things that once it's out in the open and you've you said it to your mom and dad and you've said it to your brother Adam that like it, it, you can't put the, the toothpaste back in the tube like you know so it's good for that um, just we'll get back to Shamrock Rovers as I say you have a very good record against you Gordon uh, you know Rovers you've played in the League of Ireland you know what they can expect you're going to through now they've won the group they beat Mulder 3-2 last night as we're talking um, it'll be a brilliant result for Shamrock Rovers to win over here but the question to you Zach Elbow's lady is can they do it? Yeah I think it's a weird game because both teams really have nothing to play for like Rovers are out you Gordon are true Rovers don't have the league to play for anymore because they've already won it so the main thing they're playing for is, is the prize money for winning a game or, or drawing a game I think someone said they got like a hundred and 66,000 for drawing the game last night yeah so it's that's it's big in that sense and I think if you look at Rovers at the start of the group they were playing weakened teams because they were focusing on the league because it was so close to Derry so now for Rovers they're free to play their strong players they're free to play their their proper team and they don't have that worry at the back of their mind oh we have we have the league to, to focus on um, and Rovers have really good players like they have Jack Bourne Graham Burke who are 
who would do really well over here and mm. would do really well in, in other countries so I think yeah definitely and I think like I said with Tele2 I think for the team in possession it's really good so if Rovers can, can establish themselves in possession and keep possession and get their, their good players on the ball then they can definitely win but like I said it's it's just without the ball focusing on that because you Gordon do have good players like Ericsson like I said mm. he can he can control a game and really get them playing and if they allow Advarsson to get in the game and He's lethal in the box. And if he, here, like if he, I think he's at his best when he's sort of playing angry and he's playing aggressive. So if they allow him to get into that frame of mind and allow him to get like momentum on his side, then it could be a very difficult night. But so it might be a good idea for Pico Lopez not to kick him up the backside the first thing he does. Maybe <laughs> kick him enough that he he won't get into he that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Something across my mind there. Since you moved here, you were as far as I know the first Irish player in the Alves fence since. Kevin, right? There's only been a handful, and Kevin's father, Pat Nickley, without naming any names, are lads in Ireland saying to you, and in the League of Ireland, because you played at Waterford and you played against Rovers, and he says, "Have fellas been texting you, going, well, Zach, what's that like?" Is when I fir- when I first came over, a lot of people came, were texting me, and a lot of people were were interested in coming out over, and I actually spoke to the old AK manager Bartos about mm. a couple of players, um, but nothing ever materialised on it, and. Like I said, when I first came over, I think there was a lot of publicity in Ireland because I was doing so well and it was something that that people probably were, were open to because I was doing so well and yeah. they seen how much how much um, publicity I was getting off it and people were talking about me being close to getting into the Ireland team and that. But I think obviously now because I'm not playing, I, I haven't played that well and I haven't got that, mm. that, that good a season. There's not been as much publicity, obviously, which is understandable because I'm not playing that well. So maybe it's not in people's minds that much that it's it's not an option to come over. Um, but no, it's definitely something that I'd, I'd recommend to people when they do ask me. I was just thinking about that chance you had against you going, and if you had a score that one, I'd say we would have half the League of Ireland over here on trial after that. You know, will you go to the game yourself? I don't know because we have. I think my family are going to come over. Um, because we obviously play Ellsberg on, on the Sunday um, and we'll probably be training and I don't know the, the sort of reception I get if I did go to Teletour. So, no, probably not. Um, but I'll definitely watch it on the TV. Good man. Zach Elbazetti, as always, it's a pleasure. I don't know if we'll talk to you again before the end of the season, but I can't wait for next season because there's great things coming. Yeah, but for thank now, you. thanks very much. Cheers, sir. There you go. That was the Zach Elbuzedi, the River Valley Ronaldo from Swords in Dublin. And we're looking forward to welcoming you all over here. And um, if you are coming over to Stockholm and to Sweden to see the last game of Rovers, Rovers season, don't be afraid to, to ask a question at Philip Ablana on uh, Instagram, at Philip O'Connor on Twitter. Feel free to stretch out a hand because uh, the Irish community and the people here would love to help you out if you need anything whatsoever. So I hope you have a safe journey. I hope you have a very enjoyable journey. Bo's man myself, so I don't know if I can say I hope Rovers win. I think I'd like to see them win but uh, we'll see you in Stockholm anyway so uh, bon voyage good night on Boherlev and we'll see you in Stockholm at the end of the week mm-hmm.